flash floods, terrorism, killer bees. There are a lot of bad things that could happen to you today. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. You certainly don't need a book to tell you that sometimes things fall apart, crack open, and miss the mark. You can plan and strategize and keep your eye on the horizon watching for trouble, but there's nothing you can do that will protect you from the fact that things might, when you least expect it, go terribly, horribly wrong. Today, we're sharing an excerpt from the audiobook, Things Might Go Terribly, Horribly Wrong, A Guide to Life Liberated from Anxiety, by Kelly Wilson and Troy Drufreen. This audiobook explores some essential tools for changing the way you think about anxiety and the role it plays in your life. Have you ever thought that if you could just get your anxiety to go away, you could get on with the business of living your life? Well, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe anxiety doesn't need to go away in order for you to live your life fully, vitally, with richness and purpose. In this excerpt, Kelly and Troy offer a fascinating window into why we often prefer predictable, obvious suffering to suffering that may or may not happen through the theory of the bear and the blueberries. Let's listen in and find out why ambiguous situations tend to trigger anxiety and how you can effectively brace yourself for the unknown. The Bear and the Blueberries If your house burns down or you lose your life savings in a stock market crash, you're likely to be pretty upset. But you could also be out of sorts if your house might burn down or your finances might take a turn for the worse. We not only suffer when things actually go terribly, horribly wrong, but we also suffer when they might go wrong. In fact, we often prefer predictable, obvious suffering to suffering that may or may not happen at any given time. And there doesn't appear to be anything exclusively human about this. A fair amount of basic behavioral research on non-humans suggests that our furry friends prefer environments in which painful things are predictable over environments where they are not. Wire the floor of a rat's cage to shock it. Then install a lever that, if pressed, will switch the shocks from coming at random times to coming at predictable intervals. You'll find that the rats predictably press the lever to produce regularly timed and predictable shocks. They'll predictably do this even when the absolute number, duration, and intensity of shocks are identical between the two shock modes. Human beings share this preference for the predictable and unambiguous. It's not hard to imagine why this might be so. There are lots of ways for a species to survive. Let's say you're a frog. When you're ready to start a family, you'll either lay or fertilize thousands of eggs because it's overwhelmingly the case that the vast majority of your offspring will be preyed upon by other organisms 
or will die before they reach maturity. Your life cycle is adapted for that kind of thing. So, if a couple of thousand of your kids get eaten, the survival of your genes isn't especially threatened. But, our human life cycle isn't adapted like a frog's. We have our babies one at a time, or, more rarely, in twos or threes. We gestate them for nine months, and, as a result, childbirth tends to be a pretty dramatic event for our species. Our offspring tend to be pretty helpless for something like five to seven years, and they don't reach sexual maturity for something in the neighborhood of 13 years. From an evolutionary perspective, at least, if even one of your kids gets eaten, it's not going to be the high point of your day. It takes a lot of work to get a human kid brung up and out of the house. The future of your genes hangs heavily on every one of your offspring. So, for us, as for all creatures with relatively low reproductive rates, characteristics that lead to the survival of the individual organism are at a premium. Let's look at the relationship between ambiguity and survival in our often hostile and dangerous world. Imagine two cavemen out on the savanna. They see a vague shape off on the horizon. Is that a bear or a blueberry bush? The first asks. I think it's a blueberry bush, the second replies. A little tentatively, the first says, I don't know, it might be a bear. No, I really think it is a blueberry bush. Well, I'm going back in the cave just in case. The second caveman shrugs and dashes off into the distance. Later, he comes back to the cave, belly distended, talking endlessly about how fabulous the blueberries were. They were the biggest, juiciest blueberries you've ever seen, he cries. I can hardly move, I'm so stuffed. That night, the first caveman goes to bed a little unhappy and a little hungry. Imagine that this scenario plays out several times. Each time, the first one expresses his concern that the vague shape might be a bear and goes back to the cave. And each time, the second one expresses his equally strong conviction that the apparition is another blueberry heaven, just like last time. And one time, after this exchange takes place, the second caveman goes swanning off toward the horizon with a blueberry basket on his arm. Only this time he doesn't come back to the cave anytime soon. Night eventually falls, and in the morning there's still no sign of our blueberry-loving friend. He might wait a little longer, but eventually the first caveman, the one who has missed more than a few blueberry lunches, gets up and goes over to the other part of the cave, where he gathers up the other caveman's stone axe, his mammoth hide, and, most importantly, his mate. Our ancient ancestors were doubtless confronted with situations rather like the game you played at the beginning of the chapter, situations where something was or wasn't the case, in which there was no reliable way to tell the difference. The shape on the horizon was either a bear or a blueberry bush, and the only way to find out was to go and see for yourself. If you go off toward the vague shape often enough, eventually it turns out to be a bear, and that day... You're the bear's lunch. Now, if we were some kind of fantastical frog creatures that spawned thousands of young, we'd be in a very different position than the one we find ourselves in. Hey, junior number 23,423, go see what that thing on the horizon is. But we're not. In order for our genes to keep moving down the line, we need to live a relatively long time. For us, 
The central evolutionary imperative is that it's better to miss lunch than to be lunch. We're capable of missing lunch many, many times, but we can only be lunch once. And after that, maybe dinner and breakfast, but that's largely up to the bear. We're the children of the children of the children, and so forth, of the ones who played it safe and went back to the cave. As we evolved for millions of years in an unforgiving world, natural selection weeded out the brazen and the brash. Our ancestors, the ones who survived and passed on the genetic material of which we are all made, were selected for their caution. They were the ones who assumed that what's bad is bad, and what's ambiguous is bad too. As a result, human beings generally experience ambiguity itself as unpleasant, something to be resolved quickly when possible, avoided when not. And for those of us who struggle with anxiety, ambiguity can be a source of considerable suffering. And we can go to incredible lengths to avoid it, even when we know intellectually that those lengths are causing us considerable harm. Actually, we should mention that there's some flexibility in all of this. Of course, an organism that was totally averse to ambiguity would have disadvantages on par with those of us who are not averse to it at all. While the latter would go loping off to be eaten by bears, the former would starve to death in the small clearing in front of his cave. And even the most anxious among us can pretty well tolerate ambiguity in some areas. We're really speaking in generalities here. Consider someone who is addicted to heroin but is trying to clean up and stop using the drug. From the moment she decides to stop using, she finds herself in the middle of a very ambiguous situation. Will she stay clean, or will she use again? Will she, won't she? And the answer? No one knows. The person with the addiction doesn't have a crystal ball. She can't see the future. There's only one way to know for certain, only one way she can eliminate that dense ambiguity, and that's to stick that needle in her arm. In the moment she uses, she gets a moment of relief from the ambiguity, and, altogether too often, that moment is enough. It's almost not worth considering whether she knows or doesn't know that drug use is harming her, draining her life of possibilities with each use. It's enough to realize that, for all of us, some of the time, and some of us all of the time, the pain of not knowing can outweigh the pain of even the most destructive actions. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, Things Might Go Terribly Horribly Wrong, A Guide to Life Liberated from Anxiety. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.